you're worthy of it. You're worth it. Your best decision is resting on whether you come from a reactive place or a responsive place. You're listening to the Happy Doc Student Podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing clarity to the often mysterious doctoral process. Do you feel like you're losing your mind? Let me and my guests show you how to put more joy in your journey and graduate with your sanity, health, and relationships intact. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Frederick, and this is episode 13. In this episode, I continue my conversation with David G. For those of you who didn't listen to the previous episode, first of all, you really want to check that out. But let me tell you just a little bit about my guest. He has taught millions of people around the world to heal their hearts, plant powerful intentions, and manifest their dream lives. His journey has included a 20-year career in business, finance, and mergers and acquisitions that led him to the state where he felt like he was sleepwalking through life. Does that sound familiar to anyone out there? He went from that to apprenticing for a decade under Drs. Deepak Chopra and David Simon, serving as the Chopra Center COO, lead educator, and then as the first dean of the Chopra Center University, where he trained more than 300,000 people to meditate and certified more than 2,500 meditation teachers. He is the author of the newly released Sacred Powers, The Five Secrets to Awakening Transformation, Destressifying, The Real World Guide to Personal Empowerment, Lasting Fulfillment, and Peace of Mind, and The Secrets of Meditation, A Practical Guide to Inner Peace and Personal Transformation. In the last episode, David G. presented the case for why someone under stress would want to cultivate a daily meditation practice. And we ended with me asking, well, what would you suggest for someone who's listening in and they're thinking, I really need to give this a try, but where do I start? Well, the beauty is that we have our whole lives ahead of us and that we can cultivate a practice in the smallest space. And it's about consistency versus duration. So yes, for you to have qualified for that University of Massachusetts Mass General Study, you would have had to meditate for 30 minutes a day. But we're not in that study. We're in our our lives right now. So this technique that you and I have, have chatted about, I first started teaching this right up the road in Camp Pendleton, which is the largest Marine base in the United States. And I taught it to Marines who had returned from too many tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. And they were sitting there the whole time that I was talking with their arms crossed, rolling their eyes. They didn't even know what to expect. I didn't call it meditation. I called it tactical breathing. So that really made a big difference to them. Hey guys, I'm going to hop in real quick because I know the audio is off. And in case you didn't get that, David G said he didn't call it meditation. He called it tactical breathing. And if you're still a little unsure about this idea of meditation, I'd love to invite you to think about this technique he's about to share with you as tactical breathing. I'll share it right now. So think about something that's been bothering you or disturbing you over the past couple of days. Don't go too deep. This is not therapy. Just, you know, someone said they were going to do something. They didn't. Something was supposed to happen. It didn't. You're sort of like a little pissed off or irritated or bothered. Okay, so for all you doctoral students out there, I'd love for you to think about the doctoral process or maybe some particular aspect of it, maybe your dissertation if you're working on it, something that when you call it to mind, you feel a little disturbed, maybe even a bit anxious. Okay, do you have something? 
Now David G is going to walk you through this technique. So if you're not in a place where you can relax and close your eyes, like let's say you're driving, then go ahead and listen in, but obviously keep your eyes open. And then I hope you replay this part of the podcast later so you can try it when you're in a place where you can really dive in and experience it. And a heads up, this entire practice takes just 16 seconds. Close your eyes and through your nose, take a long, slow, deep breath in and watch that breath. And when it gets down to your belly, hold it there and keep watching it. Keep observing it. Keep witnessing it. And now release it. Watch it as it moves up your chest, through your throat, out through your nose or mouth. Keep exhaling. Keep witnessing. Keep observing your breath as it dissipates into the ether. Keep watching it. And now breathe normally and open your eyes. And that was 16 seconds. And if you were playing along, I'm hoping everybody was playing along. I know, Heather, you were playing along, but if you were playing along, you were not in the past and you were not in the future. If you were playing along, you were fully present for those 16 seconds. And if you were playing along, you weren't thinking about that thing that I just asked you to think about. And I didn't say, hey, uh, stop thinking about that thing now and close your eyes. I just said, close your eyes and watch your breath. So in those 16 seconds, we learned two things. One, we can direct our attention to anything or anywhere that we want in a millisecond. So if we're hanging in depression, if we're hanging in sadness, if we're hanging in a grievance, we can instantly shift that to something else. So that's number one. And that's referred to as the object of our attention, which is a, a key to meditation. We can just have any object of our attention, such as watching our breath or repeating something in our head. That's the object of attention that holds our attention, at least for 16 seconds, it held your attention. But we also learned, oh, we just introduced a pattern interrupt into whatever was flowing in and to whatever was flowing out. And so we can't control what comes into us. We have no control over what the world will deliver to us on a millisecond by millisecond basis. But we can determine how we interpret it, how we ingest it, how we translate it, and then what we do with it. That's the stuff that's in our control. So there's a space between stimulus and response. We are that space. And in that space, we get to choose. And that is probably one of the most powerful aspects. And if you want to do 16 seconds, four times, that's just a minute. Do it 20 times, that's five minutes. So you can introduce a break in the action. You can do it while you're sitting at the dinner table with people or while you're hanging out with people. No one's going to say, hey, wait a second, are you doing that 16 second thing? Even if they are, you can say, yes, I was attempting to introduce a pattern interrupt into this moment so I could show up as my better version in the next moment. This tool, as easy as 16 seconds, can transform your life. After I taught those Marines, one time they said, could you come back the next day and guide us through that again? And I was like, it was 16 seconds. It took me a half hour just to get through security clearance to get into this military base. Um, they said, please, please come back, come back for the week. So every day I drove 20 minutes and went through security for 20 minutes and to lead a 16 second guided meditation. They said, would you come back next week? And I said, yes, but we have to add a minute. So the next week I came back and we did a minute every day. And then the next week, two minutes. And then the next week, three minutes. We did that for 25 weeks. And these guys, a few years later, they're all still meditating. And they've taught it to every single person that they know. And so simply by going incrementally, slowly, knowing that longer term, yeah, 
that 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, those are aspirational. But realistically, let me just weave some of this into me so that I'm not triggered by my needs not being met. Because guess what? They're not going to get met at times. In fact, we need to take the proactive step of trying to meet them ourselves. So there's a certain teaching. I like to call it the three gifts. And it helps meet some of these needs of uh, attention, affection, appreciation, and acceptance. Well, if I just gaze into your eyes and said, you're beautiful, you're doing a great job, and I love you, can be said by you to yourself. So I say, record those, you know, you're beautiful, you're doing a great job, and I love you. Record that on your phone. And then throughout the course of the day, just play that. And you'll start to realize, well, I wasn't getting my needs met by anybody else. When's the last time someone said, you're beautiful, or you're doing a great job, or I love you? You know, we're starving for that. So why not deliver it to ourselves? It's just as good. Okay, I want to stop everyone right here, right now, and give you an opportunity to really experience this. So I'm going to ask you to just repeat after me, an extra credit if you do this out loud, but if you're in a place where you can't do it out loud, just repeat it in your head. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. You're beautiful. You're doing a great job. I love you. Okay, one more time, just in case some of you weren't playing along. You're beautiful. You're doing a great job. I love you. This type of practice is profound, especially, especially if you're in a doctoral program. Listen to what David G. has to say next. It's one way for us to realize that we are searching, especially if you're in a doctoral program, you are searching for acknowledgement on a consistent basis, perhaps even addicted to it. Sometimes it's not coming, and that's only going to bring you down. So how about create the tool that helps you care a little bit less when it comes or how it comes? You know, the source of all kindness is self-kindness. The source of all forgiveness is, is self-forgiveness. And the source of, of all compassion is self-compassion. So we need to start with a little, just a little bit of self-love. And something like that so easily can help us meet our needs. So we'll walk through the world just with a little greater ease. You know, I love that you brought it back to the self-compassion because actually in episode three, where I talk about this superpower of self-care and how it's a way to unleash your genius, which is exactly what you need when you're in a doctoral program, some of this resistance is coming from a lack of self-love. Recording on your phone, your own voice saying those things is profound. I've done it. I, someone else challenged me to do that years ago, and it actually gave me the motivation then to extend my meditation practice. I found that I was worth sitting there for 10 minutes and then 15 minutes and then 20 minutes, that it was an investment in me right. and my better self. Right. We think so logically that if I work out on a daily basis, my body will be in better physical shape and I will show up because I'm worthy of feeling good. But yet when it comes to meditation, oh, I don't have five minutes. Really? Oprah meditates for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon. Richard Branson does also. These are fairly busy people. If they've got 20 minutes uh, in the morning and the afternoon, certainly you have 15 seconds or five minutes. 
I want to hop in here with a real quick suggestion. You've probably heard advice that you should be working on your doctoral program or your dissertation every single day. And what I'd like to invite you to do is think about spending some time in a breathing practice or meditation, whatever you want to call it, and allow yourself to count that as working on your dissertation. The evidence is out there that even a five-minute practice is going to benefit you in terms of being calm and moving through this program with grace and ease. But you know, there's actually more at stake here. Meditation isn't just a tool you can use to get through this program. It's going to help you after the degree. What David G is about to say is profoundly important. So please, if you're dual tasking, I'm asking you to just bring your full focus and attention here and listen to this insight. If you're in a doctoral program, you've already crushed it in high school. You've crushed it in your undergraduates. You've crushed it in your graduates. So like we know you're a high achiever. And so the thing that got you to this point probably was focus and effort. But we need to pull back the bow here so we can launch into the next wave of our lives, so we can make better decisions. Because the last thing you want is at the end of your doctoral program to say, what's next? Another doctorate? <laughs> you want to be able to integrate it all and then make that contribution to the world and add value to to the lives of others and to add value to our own lives. And we can only do that coming from a place of clarity. And meditation is, is that. We have all these secret superpowers resting inside of us, but if we don't activate them or actualize them, it doesn't really matter. And I think that if we could say, yeah, I'm worthy of, I'm entitled to five minutes of stillness and silence so I can make a better decision on the other side of that. Here, we don't have a, um, a guide to tell us, that's a good move. That's a, you should do that. That makes more sense. But we have our inner guide. If we can connect to that, slow things down a little bit, because I believe when we can essentially get to that space, I'll throw in just a little bit of Sanskrit here. The ancient sage Patanjali, who wrote the Yoga Sutras about 2,000 years ago, the second sutra in there is Yoga Chitta Vritti Nerodha, which says, oneness is the progressive quieting of the fluctuations of the mind. And I don't know another tool that exists out there that we can deploy on a daily basis that can deliver progressive quieting of the fluctuations of the mind. We could spend some time in nature, and that would be great. We could go out running. We could wash and dry the dishes very, very mindfully. But if we can show up every single day, just a little bit, and introduce that pattern interrupt, introduce that break in the action, everything in our lives will shift. And so I would say, you're worthy of it, you're worth it. Your best decision is resting on whether you come from a reactive place or a responsive place. Will we be flowing through the world more reflectively or reflexively, more mindfully or more mindlessly, thoughtfully or thoughtlessly, unconditioned or conditioned? It's, it's a choice. And this simple little tool and no equipment necessary. You have your breath right here. You don't have to suddenly plug in or catch a signal or do anything. You can just, wherever you are, just stop, breathe for a little bit, 
and then step into that next moment. It's accessible. It's free. You keep coming back to this point of clarity. And I've argued that a simple breath practice can actually expand time because when you have clarity, you're not spending time reacting. You're not spending time making decisions that don't serve you. So you gave examples of highly professional, successful, very busy people who do this. My challenge to all my listeners is give it a shot. Let your experience speak for you. And David G has been so generous. I'm going to have a link in the show notes to a 10-day meditation series. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? It starts with the first step. So I say, try this thing for 10 days. It's free. There's no barrier to entry. We know you're having stress. We know that we're experiencing a whole host of our needs not being met on a consistent basis. So why not do something that can allow you really, really effortlessly to become the calm amidst the chaos, to become the stillness inside the storm? Why not take this opportunity to really give yourself the gift of the present moment? And with that gift of the present moment, you get all these bonuses, right? If we just wrap back around to the beginning of our conversation where this practice is growing our hippocampus, this part of the brain responsible for learning and memory, and shrinking the amygdala, this part of the brain that's related to fear, stress, anxiety. I mean, sometimes I think how wonderful the world would be if we all just spent some time shrinking our amygdalas. I have a t-shirt that says, shrink your amygdala, um, although no one knows what I'm talking about um, when I wear that shirt. But we know, scientifically proven, now we know that when we meditate, we really activate and expand our prefrontal cortex, which is involved in executive decision-making, which is involved in you know, so much of our choice-making and so many of the different aspects of uh, making better decisions in our life. I get it. I've got five free minutes, you know, and I've just been working and working and working. The last thing I want to do is suddenly have to commit myself to something else, especially something that I've been trained and it's been reinforced and I've been brainwashed. But sitting for five minutes with my eyes closed is, you know, someone who's not a high achiever, but we know, and I've written a few books. So I understand the concept of deadlines as well. Taking those just five minutes to just be with yourself will actually help you meet deadlines because there actually will start to be just a little bit more space inside of you. Now I've been meditating consistently every single day for about 18 years. And the world comes at me sort of kind of in slow motion. So it doesn't mean things don't blow up and I and and bad news isn't delivered to me and uh, disappointments and frustrations externally. But they're coming at me in slow motion. So I'm not really getting hit in the head by a two by four in every moment. And that just allows me just a little more thoughtfulness for how I would like to respond. I don't get swirled up in drama. And I believe that you won't either. This will be the special tool that will start to impact you in so many different ways. People say, well, what's the real benefit? If there could be like one benefit, what does meditation do? And I believe, what are we trying to do? We're simply cultivating our ability to witness. That's it. Witness ourselves, witness our emotions, witness our purpose in life, witness our direction, witness the world outside of us, witness other people's emotions. They call that emotional intelligence. There's so many benefits to this cultivation 
of witnessing, we will elevate our lives in so many different ways, certainly in the physical realm, the emotional realm, the relationship realm. And once that stuff starts leveling up, everything else really falls into place. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're looking for clarity, meditation. If you're feeling disconnected and you're looking for more community, meditation. If you're impatient and you're finishing other people's sentences, meditation. If you're getting so annoyed by somebody else's behavior and it's impacting the way you live your life, meditation. So just 16 seconds here, like I said, do it 20 times. It's just five minutes. It will transform and change your life. And I would say, check out this this 10-day series. You know, at this point, I think like 600,000 people have, have just taken this, this series that I put out. And I get so many emails from people. I get it. It's all anecdotal. But so many people say, oh my God, I was struggling in my relationship. Oh my God, I was in such deep, dark depression. Oh my God, I was feeling so overwhelmed. Uh, I did this thing and now I have a greater sense of stability. I'm meeting my needs at a higher level. So I can't recommend it more heartily. And again, you can be your own sample size of one, collect your own data. And, you know, David G, I had been meditating for about seven years. And when COVID hit, there was a time there where I found I had skipped a few days and I wasn't doing guided meditations. Synchronicity, which I love, would have it that you popped up on Spotify. And what got me was not just the sound of your voice, which is just truly amazing. I'm sure everyone is loving listening to this podcast and will listen to it over and over again. But I loved that you gave me permission to feather my nest and be comfortable, right? So if you're listening out there and you think meditation is going to be in this lotus pose and it's going to be uncomfortable... I'm going to link in the show notes, not just to um, this 10-day meditation series, but some of my favorite meditations of yours. And you've got some short ones. You've got some seven-minute ones for people who are still struggling with this concept of time and some longer ones for those adventurous people who want to kind of um, quantum leap their transformation. I'll have the links to your books as well. So David G., I just want to thank you again for joining us from the sweet spot in the universe and inviting us into the gap today. Uh, My pleasure. Truly my pleasure. And in closing, I'll just share that, you know, we transform the world by transforming ourselves. And so if there's something out there that you want to shift, make the shift in here. And then suddenly you'll experience the power of your ripple. And so I say, just give it a shot. Why not? What do you have to lose? 16 seconds, we've wasted more than more time than that on other frivolous things. So why not try something that's evidence-based, scientifically proven, and worst case scenario, would just be a little calmer. It really, if you're in a human body right now, a little more calmness would be a good thing. So check it out. Thanks again so much. Thank you. If you're enjoying the Happy Doc Student Podcast, could I ask you a big favor? Would you be willing to rate, review, and subscribe? It would help me get noticed by more people like you, people who know there is a better way to navigate the doctoral process. Until the next episode, I'm sending you more joy for your journey. One more thing, just a quick reminder that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only. Oh, 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 oh,